What's up, everyone? It's 9 o'clock on a Monday, which means we are back with another episode of Tough Scenes on WEGL 91.1 FM. I'm your host, Egan Shankleton. And I'm your co-host, Riley Zepp. And for the next hour, we will be talking all things sports here on the plains and around the globe. And of course, our picks for the week. I hope you all enjoy the show, and let's get right into it. Yo, 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 yo. What's We're up, back. everybody? We're back. Another episode of Tough Scenes. Ooh, my Here on uh, WEGL 91.1 FM. Last week, the headphones were really quiet. Today, my headphones are very loud. Hmm. Turn those down. Hmm. But we're back. Another show. It's 801, Monday, August 29th. 2022. Um, 2022, which means uh, it's August 29th, which means that there is going to be football this weekend. College football week one, not week zero. Um, Although it was hilarious just watching Nebraska lose another one possession game this year. Or the last last yeah. week. Yeah. In um, Ireland. In Ireland. And this was supposed to be... The year that, or I don't know if it was supposed to, but a lot of people expected Nebraska to take a little bit of a step to the next, yeah. to the next level. Not be not be one of those top ten teams, but maybe a top twenty five. Yeah, they'd be top twenty five throughout the year. Probably like a dark horse for eight and four, uh, a Big Ten championship appearance. Um, maybe. Because I mean they're in the same division but as Wisconsin. Right? I could probably see them getting like a decent bowl game. Well, I can't thought. anymore. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but they lost to Northwestern. Um, tough way to start the year, but it is week zero, so yeah. And it was in Ireland. It was in Ireland. You so you can say it was a bunch. It was in Ireland. We don't play. We don't travel well to yeah. Ireland. Yeah, we're, we're an American team. We are. We're literally the middle of America. That's where we can only play. They might be the most American team just because like their history and everything, and where they are. Located in America. Yeah. They are in the center of the America. Yeah. But and they're just like the most uh corn. Yeah, just boring. Just corn. Yeah, but so this first segment, again, they're uh we're gonna save this till Monday night football. We're gonna do some commentary, tell you what's going on in the game. But until then, we're just gonna kind of hang out for this first segment. So we're gonna talk about um, our fantasy football draft from last night. Me and Riley are in a league with some of our friends. We had our draft last night. Twelve man league. Twelve man league. Added two people this year. Don't added, know who they are. Yeah, and so I'll give you my team. My team is Trey Lance. Go go by pick. By pick. Okay. Yeah. So my first pick, I had nine. First pick was Najee Harris. All right. And then my second pick was Leonard Fournette. My third pick was AJ Brown. My fourth pick, fourth pick, yeah, fourth pick was Darren Waller, tight end. That's a good fourth round. Pick. Yeah, dude, because I was, I almost took him as my third round pick, but I was like, I need a wide receiver. I can't just go to the fourth round and get my first wide receiver. But he was still there. Yeah. So Waller was fourth. My fifth pick was Chris Godwin, I think. Actually, how do I go by the pick? Um, where'd you go to? Oh, I'm just kind of, like, remembering okay. in the order I drafted. So I'll be able to give you, like, my starters, but then my bench, I don't know. I auto-drafted my bench because I had the mount a TV. It's tough. And, you know, who cares about the bench? Yeah. Um. So, yeah, Chris Godwin <laughs> was fifth. I believe 
Miles Sanders was my sixth pick. And then my seventh was um, Alan Lazard, wide receiver for the Packers. And then I picked Trey Lance in the eighth round as my quarterback. And then at some point, I drafted both the Packers and the Buccaneers defense back-to-back because they're two of the top five defenses, and I just wanted someone else to not have them. So I have two top five defenses just so another team can't have one. What was what were the defense? I have the Packers and the Buccaneers. Okay. Yeah, I have the Chargers. So hopefully <laughs> I'm going to keep one of the two on my bench, and hopefully they turn out as they're projected to be a top five defense, and I can use them in a trade somewhere. Maybe. But that's the team. All right, so I'll go by mine from the picks that I remember. So I had the fifth, fifth pick. Uh, I took Austin Eckler fifth overall. I'm I'm glad he fell. Oh, I guess he Solid didn't really fall to me. His ADP was like 5.2 or something like that. Solid pick. Always like Eckler. My second pick was C.D. Lamb. think that he's going to go off this year. Um, and then my third pick was Michael Pittman Jr., I like Michael Pittman. I think that he's going to go Ryan. off this year, yeah, with Matt Ryan. And then my fourth pick, this could be considered a reach, but I really like I really like his upside and the end of the year last year in Amon Ross St. Brown was amazing the end of last year. He I is mean, good. He went 23, 26, 35, 26. Yeah. Well, he went 24, 15, 23, 26, 35, 26. So – that's your if he fourth builds, pick? Yeah, that was my fourth pick. Okay. So if he builds off that, and then my fifth pick, I didn't want to draft a quarterback in the fifth round, but we have some of those guys in our league that just uh, draft quarterbacks way too early. Yeah, I was and just I was just committed to the strategy, and round eight, whatever quarterback was there, I'm taking them. And there really wasn't anybody left on the board that – I would have taken a fifth round pick on, and like I, I, I picked Herbert because I was like, I, surely I, you can't go wrong with Herbert. Yeah, and I mean I don't want to get him that early, but also with Eckler and Herbert, like I think that'd be kind of cool, even though he's a running back. Um, yeah, hopefully. But I mean, he, yeah, what makes Eckler that good, be good is because yeah. he gets a lot of catches and stuff like that. So I don't know, a nice little semi stack I would say, and then I got Hawkinson. And then uh, I got the Chargers defense. I got Prater at kicker. Who's your uh, flex? St. Brown. I'm on Ross St. Brown. Okay, St. Brown. Oh, my running back is uh, Ramondre Stevenson. That's my RB2. I don't love that pick, but I also. Yeah, I got you in nice. Uh, I also don't hate it. He's James White. I'll give you Kenneth Gainwell from the. No, uh, but, yeah, I saw in, like, whatever round he said, fourth or fifth round, the quarterbacks are starting to go, the top, like, five guys, like um, Josh Allen, Patrick Mahomes, Justin Herbert, and I saw him going, and I almost hopped on the quarterback train and took one, but then I was like, no, I'm just sticking to, to my guns and uh, just going to get whoever's left in the eighth round, and Trey Lance was left. And I'm not – I'm not I don't like I don't hate Trey Lance. I'm very optimistic. I'm joining the Trey Lance hype train that every other media person in America is on. 
according to Emmanuel Acho of ESPN, he's going to win MVP without ever starting a NFL game before. So I'm just gonna I'm gonna hop on the train. Um, oh, and Jimmy G also just resigned today for yeah, one year to be the highest paid backup quarterback ever. Which yeah. I I'm actually I'm I really I'm not really that worried about it because they've already said Trey Lance is the quarterback and like I don't know I don't I don't see it'd be really weird if they brought Jimmy G back and then he started. Yeah, I mean I think. The re- they re-signed him to trade, probably. But also, yeah. did they restructure the contract? They, I don't. Yeah, they, so he's like a one-year deal, and he it's a base salary, fully guaranteed of six million. But then he has incentives that could make it up to like sixteen to twenty million dollars. Oh, but I'm sure those incentives you have to be playing. Yeah, and like winning playoff games and hitting certain you know touchdown numbers or whatever. So and he's not gonna be starting. So it looks like it's gonna be six million dollars. Well, if he, but he might start though. He could. I don't might see. Might fire him up. That's actually kind of a. a I would win just be, for the 49ers. It would just be really weird because the 49ers were like, "All right, you're done. We got this new guy, Trey Lance. Everyone loves him, and we're gonna trade you." And then kind of nothing happened with it. And then they're like, "All right, never mind." Yeah, but if they do trade him, they're only guaranteed six million. So whoever picks him up, yeah, I think, and if he he's maybe gonna want part play of it though. is they couldn't trade him with either was because he was on a ridiculous contract. Yeah, is he still was he still under contract or is he up for a new contract this year? Because huh. the way they kind of made it sound is that he's like signed, like signed a new contract. Like he didn't. have I think one. they restructured it because he wasn't a free agent. Was he not? I don't think so. I don't know, but. The NFL contract and just the salary cap and everything makes no sense to me. It's the most uh, confusing, I'd say, yeah. out of all the leagues. Because, like, the MLB doesn't have a salary cap. Hopefully this doesn't mean They have anything. the luxury tax. Uh, the NBA is kind of – I mean, it is also kind of changing, but um, they have a better outlook, MLB I, I'd say. A, MLB should have a salary cap. Ah, oh, but that would be – I mean, I kind of like when, if there's no salary cap if you have to pay the luxury tax, which I think the NBA has I don't too. mind it, but then it – but, like – No, NBA has, like, hard cap and, and – Yeah, I don't mind it, but then it just, like, in baseball, it just turns into, like, the Dodgers and the Yankees have everybody. Yeah, but – Where if, like – They don't – some teams don't spend enough. They, they should be – there should be a minimum salary. What if it was just, salary, like – I think. A hard cap – but it's like just really high in baseball. Well, I don't even really know what hard cap even means. I think it's that you actually can't go over it. Okay, let me look up. How much does the well LA the luxury Dodgers tax, the luxury tax is like a significant percentage salary contracts. I'm trying to look up how much the LA Dodgers just spend in one year on contracts. Um, I'm just waiting for no. I'm, I actually don't really want this to happen, but it would be kind of interesting. Um, it I've seen it. It's been happening for years in like European soccer. When like uh, like recently, Newcastle got bought by the Saudi Arabian public, like the people that fund live the Saudi Arabic public taxpayer money. Yeah, like they bought a soccer team with that. Like imagine if uh, like a someone from the Middle East like that is 
billions. Bought a baseball bought team? A bi- bought, yeah, bought a that baseball would, team. Yeah, hopefully they don't get interested in baseball. But, dude, listen to this. Well, if they do, just please buy, like, the, a team the, not in the NL East. Or buy the Guardians, because we've historically never played anyone. <laughs> yeah. But, I mean, J-Rams. J-Rams. Asked for 100 mil first, off. First player that we've ever actually paid. Listen to this. So, the Dodgers... Freddie Freeman, twenty-seven million. Mookie Betts, seventeen and a half. Trey Turner, twenty-one million. Justin Turner, sixteen million. Cody Bellinger, seventeen million. David Price, thirty-two million. Craig yeah, Kimbrell, David Price doesn't even play. Craig, yeah. Craig Kimball, sixteen million. Chris Taylor, fifteen million. Mac Muncie, eleven and a half. Andrew Heaney, eight and a half. Tyler Anderson, eight. Julio Urias, eight. Who, Joey Gallo, no wait. What is this? Yeah, Joey Gallo. Is he on their team now? He got traded at the deadline. Oh, did he really? Yeah, that's what the Yankees are. The Yankees are cursed. Yeah. So Joey Gallo, ten point two. Dude, that is so much money. Oh, oh that's not God. even all of it. it. Like, I think they have the highest payroll. Like, they're above the Yankees. Yeah, and then there are his luxury tax salary. Oh my God, dude! They basically just double it, and that's what they have to pay in the luxury tax. Yeah. That is ridiculous. Well, not everyone. Freddie, Mookie Betts, they're paying $29 million for the luxury tax. Yeah. Oh, my. Dude, they're spending so much money. That's why, I mean. But you don't want to, like, I as much as I dislike the Dodgers, you don't want to, like, get mad at owners being, and, I mean, it's kind of ironic because I, no, yeah, I hate on the money clubs on the soccer. Major. You can't hate on the owners of the Dodgers, but you can hate that the MLB doesn't do anything. But they have the luxury tax where a lot of, like, in soccer, they don't. And that yeah. would be nice in soccer, I guess, because you don't want to, like, you're allowed to spend the money, but you're going to have to pay extra if you're going to go over this number, which I think is, I don't know. Yeah, it is so kind of, it does, it, I know what you're saying. Like The Dodgers open with record $310 million tax payroll would owe $47 million. And I think so. The yeah, so the Dodgers are spending three hundred ten million dollars a year, and the Guardians are spending forty. <laughs> and they've only and they only and they've only won fifteen more games than us. Yeah, the Dodgers should never lose a game. It's basically what you're saying. You bought every player in the league. You guys should win the championship every year. And if you don't, it should it should be looked at as a failure. That's why baseball is beautiful. And it kind of is looked like that. Not every game, but like they if the Dodgers, Dodgers don't win the World Series, don't win the World Series, it should be looked at as they are paying so much more than everybody else. Yeah. What's the second highest? And then we got to go to PSAs. I'm trying to find it. Here, we'll we'll just come back with it. Actually. Yeah. All right, we'll be back. All right, so we are back. Did some more research. Oh wait, we gotta we gotta plug Weagle. Oh yeah, we're back. You're listening to Tough Scenes on WEGL ninety one point one FM. Yeah, so the Dodgers and the Mets are second. They're spending two hundred and sixty one million. Then the Yankees two fifty one, Phillies two forty two, Padres two twenty, Red Sox two hundred, White Sox one ninety six, Astros one eighty two, Braves one eighty one. And ten Angels, one sixty nine. So those are the top, uh, the largest payrolls, top ten teams in the MLB. And then the lowest MLB payrolls for twenty twenty two are the Baltimore Orioles, in last at forty three million. Then the Oakland A's at forty five million. 
Pittsburgh Pirates at 66, the Cleveland Guardians at 67, and the Miami Marlins at 83 million. Also, the Orioles spend the least, but they also are above 500. They are probably the hottest team in baseball right now, and they spend the least amount of money. But what I was telling Riley is, like, if you would have, if you look at any other league, oh, what is this video? Stop. Like Baltimore's one and a half games out from the wild card spot, and they're probably going to make it because they're pretty hot right now. And you, like, if just thinking, one team spends almost three hundred million dollars, and the other team spends forty five. If you. You would think that they're on they're in two different leagues. You think one is a major league team and one's a triple A team. Yeah. Well and the Dodgers you'd do. You think have, that they wouldn't be able to compete with each other at all. The but do- they do almost every night. The Dodgers do have twenty one more wins than them. Which it is, is But it's I just mean, crazy that you, they can yeah. both go out on the same field and have a decent game when one team is spending so much more money than the other teams. That's Dang, the Braves are three games back. Okay, so the Athletics payroll will tell you players who make who make more money than the entire Athletics payroll. Um, well, this was the 2021 payroll for the Athletics was $33 million. Not this year, but last year. Max Scherzer made $43 million. That's more. Corey Seager made more money than the entire Oakland A's salary. Anthony Rendon of the Angels made more money. Garrett Cole of the Yankees made more money. And Carlos Correa made more money than the entire Athletics payroll. That's, and Anthony Rendon isn't even playing. Like he's hurt. He's been hurt the past two years. Yeah. And also that number now, that graphic now is more names. Like Juan Soto, yeah. Manny Machado makes more money. And the team that... Or I guess the Angels. Yeah, the Angels have Trout, Shohei, and Rendon, and they all have them on huge, huge deals. And the A's have what you said their payroll is thirty-seven million. No, the A's, uh, the Athletics. Yeah, it's thirty-three. Yeah, and the Angels are in the top ten, right? Are one seventy. Yeah, uh, the Angels only have seven more wins than the A's right now. Yeah, if you look at it, like some of these. Top payrolls aren't always the best team. Yeah. Like, the Phillies are good this year. They haven't been necessarily, like, a top team. They've been disappointing for sure. They've been disappointing. I mean, even the Padres, that, all the money they've spent isn't working out currently. The Red Sox, granted, they had a lot of injuries, but the past few years they haven't been injured. They shouldn't be last in the AL East. Yeah, they shouldn't. They definitely shouldn't be last in – the past few years, they haven't been, you know, crazy good. The White Sox, They're same not even deal. 500. White Sox aren't even 500. Now, they've had a lot of injuries, too. They've had a lot of injuries, but still. Yeah. And the Angels. So, this doesn't even mean that spending the most money works. I mean, the Rangers spent half a billion dollars, and they're still under On two players. Yeah, they spent half a billion dollars on two players. And then if you go through here, some the smallest payrolls, some of them were pretty good. Yeah, Cleveland's winning the Central right now. Orioles are hot. Guardians are winning the Central. You know, Milwaukee uh, Brewers pretty low. They're pretty solid. Yeah. Are they in a wild card? No. So, that's crazy how much money they spend. To be fair, like, Milwaukee 
usually like if you're if you have 67 wins about the, around this time you're in the wild card yeah or like at least close but they're one and a half games back of the Padres Dang. which actually they might that that might work out for them it is pretty crazy. Atlanta Atlanta has 79 wins they're like I think they're on pace to be around 100 wins this year or over and they're still not winning the east yeah but the close. Mets are the second highest spenders but and the Braves like AA has Braves been. will make the wild card though yeah oh yeah I, th- I don't, well it's not clinched but yeah it might as well yeah the Braves have a better record than the Cardinals who are winning the Central right now that was a really good series by the way yeah that was. Cardinals and Braves just had a series and it was really good I didn't mean the yard but, uh, but yeah so that's I baseball we'll get back to what we were supposed to talk about I guess oh yeah do you want to review the uh, the World Cup k- kits or you want to do that later. We can do that last because we don't really have anything planned for it. Okay. We just make that like the whole last segment. But segment two, college football week one. Mm. We're not going to go through every single game, but the ones that matter. Yeah. We'll let you know. Also, uh, real quickly, TJ Finley has been named the starter of Auburn, which I don't know how I feel about it. I'm not too disappointed. I think he could have improved. Hopefully he improved. But – the only thing I'm worried about is he lost the job last year to Bo Nix, and no one, and he won the job this year, which means no one who came, who we brought in is better than him. So does that mean our QB room is just worse than it was last year? I don't know. Cause, I mean, I really don't know anything. Like, because that just means that either TJ Finley improved. A lot. That's what I'm hoping for. I'm optimistic. About or it. the guys we brought in are worse than we had, worse than Bonix last year and TJ Finley. To be fair, though, TJ Finley's had a year head start. He has had a year head coaches. start. But, but I also think that I mean he has a high, the, a very high ceiling. Just I mean just his frame. He yeah, has a just rocket arm. Like I feel like another year. Like I mean, we said the same thing with Bo. It's definitely gonna be like. And I thought Bo was solid too. Like, and I'm, the problem is because we have so many quarterbacks, he's got to play good from the first snap. Yeah. Or anytime he has a bad quarter, a bad drive, a bad game, they're gonna be like, all right, next guy, Zach yeah. Calzada. At least the the Auburn fans will be. That's yeah, for sure. For sure. They, the the Auburn same, fans they did with will. Bo. Yeah, it's. I feel like if I don't know. Yeah, TJ Finley I'm just got to play good, or Auburn fans are going to call for him to get replaced. I'm optimistic, but I'm optimistic too because just because he looks like a he would be a really good quarterback, and if you look like a really good quarterback, you always have a chance. Yeah, and just just in general for Auburn, like everybody is kind of counting us out this year, which is that like, is true. That's when Auburn, including most Auburn fans, yeah, and that's when Auburn usually kind of performs. When that is they, true. But I don't know. I don't know. It's gonna be a interesting, interesting season. Hope I think. I think yeah, just so. in general, good. If we do good or bad, it's gonna be interesting. Oh, for sure. So week one, let's go through here some big West, games. West Virginia Pittsburgh on Thursday. That's a that's a big rivalry game. I'm taking Pitt. Yeah. Um. Well, where is it? Where is it being played? I think at Pitt. Yeah. So definitely Pittsburgh. And then another bit. Let's look for some other big games here. I, dude, that that's Jeez, there is not a lot. They're of starting the year off with their biggest rival. That's like, that's like uh, the West Virginia 
version of the Iron Bowl. Yeah, that's cool. The cool. Coal Bowl, but that's not cool, really. That's cool, though, because it's going to be on Thursday, so everyone's yeah. going to watch it. Oh, and then yeah. the next big game, uh, there's really not that many big games, but then there's uh, Cincinnati, Cincinnati yeah. Arkansas. 2.30, ESPN, where's uh, at Arkansas. So doing it. they're doing it. It's not a neutral site. This will be a good game. Arkansas. I just Ar- I think Arkansas is going to be too physical. But that might be the mm. the power five bias in me. That really, the SEC yeah, I don't bias. I don't know how good Cincinnati is going to be because they lost uh, Desmond Ritter and, and Sauce and Sauce, and they lost their starting running back. The Browns drafted him. Yeah, and Arkansas is returning a lot of people, and they were pretty solid last year. Mm. But what do you think of the line of fifty uh, two? You know, I'm going. I'm going to go with the the ex Ohio State coach Luke Fickle and the Cincinnati Bearcats to cover to, to win outright. Just to win outright. Mm. I'm and picking. Then, ooh, Georgia, I'm picking Oregon. Hold on. Fifty two, is the over under for that Cincinnati Arkansas game. Oh, I like the over. Life's too short to bet yeah, the under. Yeah, yeah. Life just, is too short to bet the under. It started at 54, and it's trending down to 52. But nah, I, I, I kind of like the over still. Fireworks week it's, one. It's week, well, but that's the thing. Week one, all-time under game to me. I feel like the defense has come out hot in week that one. That is true, but life's too short to bet I, the I won't be betting the under. Don't like. I will never. I, I just can't bet the under because yeah, then you're rooting for no action. Yeah, um, but Arkansas is now six and a half point favorites. Um, you know, I'll just go with Luke Fickle because they made the playoffs last year, and yeah. I don't really know much about either team. And then next big game, Oregon Georgia, uh, Georgia. Yeah, fifty three points is the over under. I'm gonna oh. go over because I think Georgia is gonna put up a million points, and Oregon will score like seventeen. So yeah, the the line right now I think is. Uh, uh, Georgia is favored by 17 points. Yeah, it's the same in the Ohio State Notre Dame game. Uh, that think, is that I is think, kind of ridiculous. Oh, Ohio State's favored 17 and a half. Ooh, I kind of like Notre Dame to cover there, but where is it being played? Uh, let's see here. I think it's so, in Ohio. It's it is at Ohio State. But 6:30. You think Georgia's going to cover though? I don't mean to interrupt, but 17 points. Oh yeah, I think they're going to win by a lot. I think it's going to be like. Honestly, I think Georgia. Uh, who's quarterback? It has to be Stetson. Still, right? is it still Stetson Bennett? Yeah. Yeah. If they're keeping, if Stetson Bennett's still there, the uh, Carter kid on the defensive line still there. Uh, I'm pick. I think they're gonna win like forty nine to seventeen. Yeah, I, I think it's gonna be like that. It's gonna be like that Alabama Michigan game they always used to put week one, thinking that Michigan would like stand a chance, just like how they think Oregon's gonna stand a chance against Georgia and they're gonna get destroyed. Yeah, I think yeah, I think Georgia covers seventeen. Yeah. But it it is a neutral site uh, not really, it's in Atlanta. And then the really final big game. So uh, we kinda so. went through like the morning big game, or like there's a big game Thursday, West Virginia, Pittsburgh, and then um, Saturday, the first big game is Cincinnati, Arkansas, Ooh, Utah, Florida, Oregon, Georgia. Yeah, but I don't. The Urban Meyer Bowl. It's in Florida. I like Utah there, but I do think it'll be a close game since it's in Florida. And then Notre Dame, Ohio State. You know, I do like Ohio State to cover because we're returning almost everyone on offense. 
or not okay. We're returning everyone on offense except for Chris Olave and Garrett Wilson, which you would say is like those two are were your two best players. But we our receiver room is absolutely stacked with five star receivers. Yeah, and you still like have the We have Jackson Smith Travion Travion Henderson, we have Jackson Smith and the Jigba, and we have Marvin Harrison Jr. Yeah. Which yeah. and Yeah. <laughs> so we're returning like ten of twelve players then on defense. Our entire defense last year was a freshman, like basically a true freshman. So now they're getting another year, getting another year put on size. I think Ohio State comes out. Pretty. I like the over. I like the over, and I like Ohio State to cover, and I think they're going to come out uh, much better than they normally do. Normally, it kind of takes us game or two to get going. I think we're going to come out. Good. Oh, we got to go to PSAs. PSAs. Well, I kind of want to talk about the Utah Florida game when we come back, and then, uh, but if not. I have Utah winning that game, but I think Florida could possibly cover the three points. Uh, no, no, Utah's covering. And I think Notre Dame is going to cover. Huh, I kind of – We'll be back. Back. All right, we're back. Listen to Tough Scenes. I'm excited for this segment here. 91.1 FM WEGL. Yeah, so basically, last week sometime, I forget when it was, but it was on Fox Sports. Um – what is the show? It's the one before part of my take with Nick Wright on it. Not part of my take. Oh, not part of my take. I'm uh I think the show is called Pardon the Interruption. Oh, on ESPN? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, not part of my take. Pardon the interruption. So there is a person on there who name who has said that um Jason Tatum there was fifteen NBA players that are better than Jason Tatum. Or I believe he had 16 better than Jason Tatum and had Jason Tatum as the 17th best player in the NBA. So then me and Riley kind of got to thinking, and we did our own kind of rankings. And basically we're going to go through, and I'm just going to name a player, and we're going to decide if we'd rather have that player or Jason Tatum. And this is for right now. Like if they were to go play a game right now, not – for if you're building a team for the future, not for this upcoming season, just if they play a game today. Basically, they're ending rankings from last season. So, except for one player, not last season, but just like just yeah, because he didn't play, he's injured. So my number one player in the league as of right now is Giannis Antetokounmpo. Yeah, no, I'm not. I'm picking Giannis over. Yeah, Tatum. Giannis over Tatum. That's my number one. My number two player is LeBron. I'm yeah. taking LeBron over Tatum. Three, Steph. Yeah. Yep, Steph over Tatum. KD. Yeah. Luka. Yeah. See, I'm telling you, like, the only reason this is a pretty interesting argument is because Jason Tatum is kind of being praised as, like, the next guy because he's young. He's went to the finals last year. Dunked on LeBron. Dunked on LeBron his rookie year. They're kind of like this is – and they compare him to Kobe a lot. And they, they kind of they need to stop comparing players to Kobe. Yeah, because they've compared him to Kobe so much, and they've talked about him so much on all these t- TV shows. They've kind of made him seem like he's the top five player in the media. That's kind of what they're hinting at. But I think that he is not. So yoke, and then so we stopped at Luca. That's five players. Yeah, he's definitely not top five, but he's top fifteen. Six to me. Jokic. Yeah. Back to back MVP. Back to back MVP. Embiid. Yeah. Uh, this one, I guess, is debatable, but his playoff performance is insane. Jimmy Butler. 
Mm. Because Jimmy Butler during the regular season, I'll get, I will I might give you Jason Tatum, but then I feel like any series that Jimmy Butler is in in the playoffs, dating back to the, the COVID year when Lakers won the Mickey Mouse championship, I feel like he's always like the best player on the court. He just doesn't have enough help on his team. I feel like he's always playing like I mean they have a pretty solid team. He's always playing like forty five minutes, scoring like forty points. I don't know. I think they're about at the same level. I picked Jim Jimmy Butler because of the mentality. Okay. Yeah. I think if ball's on the floor, Jimmy's diving for it. Yeah. Where do you don't think Tatum will? Or he'll he'll hesitate. We'll do a Cam Newton in the Super Bowl. Yeah. Uh, uh, this one is one of the ones who I think is a little controversial. John ja Morant. I'm picking Tatum. Over John ja Morant? Yeah. See, I, I like... There's not a little... Uh, I like Jaw. There's not a lot of guards that I would pick over... Like Steph, uh, Luka. I almost don't put Jaw as a, a guard, though. He's kind of a big guard. I mean, he's short. <laughs> but he's explosive. I He plays like a big guard. So I, I John Morant. Tatum. My tenth is Chris Paul. No, yeah, no, I'm still picking Tatum. Dude, Chris Paul is so Chris Paul's nasty, very, very though. good, but I'm still picking Tatum. Um, Kawhi Leonard. I think he should be way higher on your list. Well, he just I haven't seen him. When's the last I haven't seen him play in so long? Like, fair enough. I almost like forget what Kawhi Leonard looks like. Uh, but like if I saw him on Kawhi is. I don't if if we were ranking after the year he had on the Raptors, I'd probably put him at like three or two. Yeah. I don't know. He's but he's I might not recognize Kawhi if I saw him in public. Just because I haven't seen him so long. That's not true. <laughs> uh what does he look like? He's a ghost man. Uh Trey oh. Young? No, I picked Tatum. Bradley Beal. Tatum. Real no way. Tatum over Bradley Beal? Dude, I just, I just Dude. This is why I hate players who play on bad teams because Bradley Beal won't get the respect he deserves. He's so if he was on, it's just hard to, for me to debate. Like picking, not picking me, Tatum over a guard. To me, Bradley Beal is the same player as Jason Tatum, but better. So you just you mean that Bradley Beal is just better than Jason Tatum? Yeah, no, like I don't see like they're literally the same player. They both. Kind of like have the same position, but Bradley Beal just scores more points. Yeah, but Tatum probably offers more defensive help. Is bigger. Is he? I, I don't think he's bigger though. Tatum's Tatum? like six nine, and Bradley Beal's like six seven. No, Bradley Beal's like six four, six three. No way. But yeah, Bradley Beal, give me him all day over Tatum because Bradley Beal will score me. Bradley Beal's points. very good, but Tatum is better. He'll score me thirty points in the playoffs. Whereas Tatum will go five for sixteen with five points. Fourth, Damian Lillard. There's no way you can pick Jason Tatum over Damian Lillard. Have you seen Damian Lillard any any time? Yeah. Kyrie Irving. When he's on the court, Kyrie is. Kyrie Irving dogs Jason Tatum. And then I have Jason Tatum as the sixteenth best player. So you picked Jason Tatum is better than three players. So you would have him at. Jaw. Yeah, so there's that. So one, two. You would have him as your 13th best player. I could live with that. 
That's I I know I'm saying like that's a good that's where he should be rated like 13 to 16. I'm at 16, but he oftentimes in the media gets slated as like a top five player currently, which I disagree with. I, yeah, he's not top five. He's borderline top ten, but I think he's definitely top. 15. We're mainly making the point that sports media just hypes up young players way too much. Well, I mean, and then I'll give you some players I rated lower than Jason Tatum after him. I put. Donovan Mitchell at 17. Yeah. I put Devin Booker at 18. Yep. Which, those two, I feel like Jason Tatum, Donovan Mitchell, and Devin Booker, like, you could pick any one of those three. I wouldn't be, like, too disappointed. I'd still pick Tatum overall over both of those other guys. I almost put Donovan Mitchell above him just because of what he does in playoffs. Yeah, but he's he's a six-foot point guard. Yeah, and then the next person I put is Anthony Davis. Oh, I think if Anthony Davis is on the court, he's better. I don't. I think he just well. It's if he's better if the coach does what Anthony Davis wants. Like last year, they wanted to put Anthony Davis at center, and he was like, "I don't play in the paint. I play like around the three point line. I'm a four. And so, yeah, so he's, so basically, like, they were like, no, like, you're going to go play center. And he's like, no, I'm a four. He's like, I'm not a, I'm not a center. I'm a four. I'd be like, well, you're seven feet tall. Like, and it's 2022, like six foot nine guys play center. So that's why, so he's kind of a head case. Uh, James Harden. is too, but when Kawhi's on the court, though. Yeah. James Harden. Yeah. Uh, Now. Now. Uh. And I think he just moved, like, this year moved behind Jason Tatum. Like, if we would have done this in 2020 or, twenty like, a year ago, I probably would have put James Harden ahead of him. Um, DeMar DeRozan and Paul George, my yeah. last two guys I wrote down. Yeah. yeah that's, I mean, I kind of had a hard time picking my number one guy, though. I kind of went between KD, LeBron, and Giannis. I think well, Jokic should be up there too. I mean, back to back MVP. I just, but I just think Giannis is. I'd rather have, like your kind of pick of like the point guards. I feel like you're you can't win a championship with like your center being your best player. Yeah. Like I think it's got to like not nowadays. Yeah, like it's got to. You've got to have a LeBron, or you just have to a have. Wing. Yeah, you just have to have one of the three guys: LeBron, Katie, or Giannis, or Kawhi. And then you have like you know the Steph Curry's of the world, but and like, then you have like a com- you just but it, it, Steph you need a competent it, center. Steph, I don't. There's no way I I would say that Steph would win a championship by himself. Um, or like if he didn't have Clay and Draymond, like no. And that's not like anything bad about Steph. It's just like it's not a point Cause, guard. Yeah, because that just means that there's a lot of other players on other teams that he's like. Because if Steph's by himself, that means Clay and Draymond are on another team, probably oh, yeah, joining up with another team. Like Steph would have to have yeah. an, an elite wing for him to win as many as he. Also, has. it's a wing league. It's a wing dominant. It is a league. wing league. You need to be. If you don't have three and D guys, you're not going to be good. You need to have someone who can shoot threes, guard a perimeter, and like you just need someone who can do all five things. Play point guard, play shooting guard, play strong forward, play power forward, play center. I also think that you need length. Yeah. Not necessarily height, but, like, just long arm, wingspan. Basically, just get LeBron. Yeah, LeBron and is. And you'll go to the finals. LeBron is, like, the – him and Giannis have, like, the perfect 
like if you were to design a, an the, NBA player, it'd probably be Giannis. Yeah, like elite NBA frame, it'd be Giannis or LeBron. Yeah. So other NBA news, real quickly, before we go to PSAs, KD and Nets reach a deal. Um, I don't know if does that change Kyrie's mind. Does he want to stay now? I you think, think? I think he's staying. Is he staying? I think he is. I remember KD like a week ago made a talk to. What's the guy's name? It's some Asian guys or GM, the Nets GM or owner, and he basically said like, get a new coach or like it's either you pick Steve Nash or me. Yeah. And so maybe that means Steve Nash is out, or they've come to a deal. And other NBA news: Chet Holmgren, the second overall pick to the Oklahoma City Thunder, is now out for the year. Yeah, guards LeBron once. It's just, I feel bad for him because I mean it's a pro am game. Like, I'm I'm. I'm on the no pro, no preseason, no pro-am games. Like, if you're a star player, like, you're not playing in the preseason. Like, because I don't want you to get injured. And it's also makes it even more worse that it was on LeBron. Yeah. Because they were like, he's too small. That was his main thing when he's coming in the league is that he was too small. And then he went up against the most physically dominant player the NBA's ever seen besides Shaq. And he basically just blew up his foot. Yeah, I feel like the preseason for stars in the NBA is just the entire regular season until Christmas. Oh, yeah, it's just the first half of the season. Yeah, that, that's the preseason. Also, do you think LeBron feels bad? Or do you think – I feel like, like – It's not like he – I feel like hurt him. in LeBron's brain, he's like, yeah, like, I did that. Like, I'm so strong. I just <laughs> injured this kid. Like, I'm the king. Should have had a Sprite Cranberry. <laughs> All right, we gotta, get a P- we gotta go to PSAs. We'll be back. What do we talk about when we get back, Egan? Uh, when we get back, we're gonna talk about Rory McIlroy mm. and golf. Golf talk. All right, we'll be back. Hola, we're you back. are listening to Tough Scenes on WEGL ninety one point one FM. We're back. Ooh. We're talking some golf. A little- talking some golf. So yesterday was the end of the twenty twenty two PJ Tour season. And it ended with the Tour Championship in Eastlake in Atlanta, and Rory McIlroy won. Uh, he won the FedEx Championship and also $18 million. So, basically, Scotty Scheffler woke up um, Sunday morning, $18 million richer, and then went to bed only $6.5 million richer. That's still... Uh, you hate to see it. If, if Scotty Seffler wants to donate to the Tough Scene Foundation, which is not a charity or anything, it's just uh, me and Egan's uh, checking accounts. Yeah. Um, um, that'd be nice. Yeah, we also were really sorry about your um, rear-end uh, infection. Yeah, that is tough. Yeah, so if you don't know, uh, Scotty Scheffler had the infamous top-of-the-butt-crack uh, cyst. That is extremely painful. I can imagine. And he almost withdrew from golf because of it and uh, got it drained, which is good for him because apparently it was very painful for him. But maybe now that he's $6.5 million richer, he can buy a new car. Because if you don't know, uh, Scotty Scheffler has been driving the same Chevy Suburban since high school, and it has 171,000 miles on it. That's awesome. <laughs> Which is in so insane if you look up the area that he comes from. Oh, yeah, he's from uh, Highland Park. 
which is, is like, like the richest area in Texas, like the richest township in Texas. Yeah, the, and it's or yeah, like richest zip code or something. It's like yeah. top top ten richest zip codes. That's where Stafford. Oh yeah, we already talked about yeah, that. Yeah, the average in, the average income is something ridiculous, like Jerry, seven hundred, eight hundred thousand dollars. Jerry Jones's great or a grandson was their high school's quarterback when I lived. In yeah, Texas. that makes sense. Yeah. So, and basically, the way it started is so the way they do it, they carry over their scores from the previous week, I believe, or not from the previous. I don't know how they do it, but Scotty Scheffler started the week. At ten under, Canley was at eight under, and then so on and so forth. I believe Cam Smith was like four under, even though he didn't play. And Rory started at four or five under. Who knows? But basically, Scotty had been leading the entire weekend. The first three days, he played amazing. I don't think he had a bogey the first three days. Um, and then he had three his on Sunday. He shot plus three on Sunday. Uh, went into it with a six-shot lead and lost by one to Rory. Um, but on the final hole, it was pretty much any man's game. They both tried to lose it. Scotty Scheffler hit a four-iron into the bunker. Uh, there's two bunkers. He hit it in the further of the two bunkers. So he was about 30 yards away in the sand. And then Rory McIlroy uh, bounced it off the grandstands. And so then he was taking relief. And so up at the green... They were just showing the green and no golfers because they were both so far away on either side that they couldn't get him in the shot. So we were basically like, what's going on? And then they had to figure out who was going to go first because Scotty's trying to figure out what he's going to do out of this bunker. Rory's over there with a singing rules official. He doesn't know what's going on, but ends up Scotty hits a pretty bad shot from the bunker, which gives Rory the easy win. And... um. I guess this means a lot for Rory. He came in second enough times this year on the PGA Tour. And I guess w- this was his big final FU to live golf. Yeah, I'm going to win I'm going to win the PG or the the just FedEx gonna, Cup. Just going to win the PGA Tour. Basically. Now I'm the richest golfer. Yeah. Well, I made the most money this year. This look what you could do if you're good in the PGA. Yeah, live. which I mean it is easier for Rory McIlroy to sit there and hate on the guys who went to live tour after he's already made like $200 million in his career Yeah, from just winnings and Nike and all his other sponsors. So it is pretty easy for Rory to sit there and say, but I mean, it is good for him. He's become like the prince of the PGA tour. Now the Tiger's not really around. He's been like the main guy who's, like stuck his neck out and been hating on all the live golfers and stuff like that. So good for Rory. Um, I wonder if he claims to be Irish or English. Well, Northern Ireland is a uh, part of the United Kingdom where Ireland is not. Yeah. But I, I know like, I wonder that's what if uh, you lived in Northern Ireland. Would you say I'm Irish? Cause you live in Ireland technically, or would you say you're English? Cause um, you're part of the UK. I'm Northern Irish. From Northern Ireland. I wonder what Rory, uh, how he decides. I guess technically Irish, but Northern Ireland. Yeah. Like, there is a difference. That's why they, like, they fight Because I, I was just watching a video how some guy, they were talking about, you know, like that, um, what's the word? They're talking about basically they're just the dispute. Northern Ireland and Ireland and how a bunch of people in Northern Ireland don't even claim to be Irish. If you ask them what nationality they are, they'll just say English which I thought was pretty weird, but it is what it is. 
And with that, uh, let me pull up the graphic here quickly. Um, Rory McIlroy this season had a adjusted net average of 68.67, I believe. Which, all right, here we go. Here it is. Come on, Wi-Fi. Rory McIlroy led the PJ Tour this season with an adjusted scoring average of 68.67. He becomes only the third player in history to post an average under 68.7 for the year. So the two other golfers are Vijay Singh in 2003 and Tiger Woods in 99, 2000, 2002, 2003, 2005, 2006, 2007, and 2009. So Rory's done it once, Vijay's done it once, and Tiger's done it eight times. <laughs> Dude, it's just like any golf stat you bring up, Tiger's done it a million times, which is just so insane to think of. Um, also, another big golf news, the PGA has announced changes to the tour starting next season. And so basically what they're going to do is, and to start off, I hate to say it, but... I actually, I don't hate to say it because I'm pretty indifferent on the matter, but Phil Mickelson was almost 100% exactly right. You know, Like, he said when he was joining the Live Golf Tour, he said the PGA has more money to give out. This is, he goes, yes, like the money that this country is coming from is super bad, but he also, but he said, Super this bad. Is, this is the one chance. <laughs> I'm sorry. This is the one chance for... <laughs> golfers to change the PGA Tour and basically make them more money. And he was exactly right because now the PGA Tour has just found money. Yeah, they've just, out of the blue, oh, look, we have an Which extra $225 million. It makes the PGA Tour look so bad. So this, here, this was... We had this discussion off air, but, like, the PGA Tour has dealt with this in probably the worst way possible. So this is... So Jay Monahan, PJ Tour Commissioner, says that this new money Okay, let me just say the changes first before we get into where the money's coming from. Yeah. So there's going to be twenty players that are going to be listed as high value players. And this is going to be determined by the player impact program, which is basically the most popular golfers. So for like since this player impact program has been introduced, Tiger Woods has been the number one and Phil Mickelson has been number two every single year. Obviously, I think they're going to take those two out, but it's an extra $50 million each year. The top guy gets the most of it, and then so on and so forth. They've boosted that number from $50 million a year to now $100 million a year. So the top 20 most popular players on tour will get $100 million divided amongst them. And then, on top of that, at the, I believe there's going to be, at the majors, the players' championship, and three other uh, tournaments, there's going to be a purse of $20 million. So they're basically making these other events majors, in quote, I'm, I'm quote, quotation kind of, marks. Like the big events. So I'm, yeah. I'm assuming it'll be the players, Are probably the, maybe the Waste Management Open. Yeah. Um, but it's basically The just, John Deere Classic, the fifth major. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> up in Iowa. But uh, <laughs> so... They're basically just doing what Live Golf is doing because Live Golf, the purses are also like twenty million dollars. Yeah. What was that quote that you said that uh, the one guy on the board said? We're not doing this to change PGA. Like we're doing this just to combat Live. Yeah. So that is 
So they're getting out more that? money. And then Ew. now Jay Monahan. So basically, everyone's like, okay, you're giving out, you're boosting the uh, PIP, player impact program, from $50 million to $100 million. That's a boost of $50 million. At eight tournaments next year, there's going to be a purse of $20 million. Eight times 20 is 160 which will take out, what do you want to take out, $30 million of that from what the purses are normally? I don't even know what the normal purse even. They're, they're like around three, four, five. Okay. The majors are like 12. So we'll, we'll say they're putting in an extra at least $150 million in the PJ Tour next year. And so everyone's like now like, what the heck? Yeah. Where is this coming from? You just pulled $150 like, million out of the ground? Yeah. And so Jay Monahan's um, answer was, uh, "We did the PJ Tour did much better um, in 2020 and 2021 than they expected. So they're above budget from that. And the PJ Tour just also happens to have a reserve with 225 million dollars in it. Yeah, that, <laughs> a so reserve. They're just sitting on a pile of cash, which I know 225 million dollars." Uh, on the PJ Tour, they can that can get spent really quickly. That's still a really big amount of money. And Jay Monahan's uh, answer was, "We were saving that money for to for programs in the future uh-huh. to enhance the game of golf." Uh-huh. What, why weren't what, what programs? Yeah, what were you doing? You just had this amount of money. I guess we'll never know. Yeah, and then also there's the sponsors uh, have agreed to pay more money for the purses. It was like, yeah. Of course they did. Like what? The, That's what I would have just said to start with. Like, yeah, we got a new sponsor. Like we. They also have the a sponsor. new TV deal. Why would they? They have a new TV deal worth billions of dollars. The PJ Tour has a bunch of money. They're just sitting on, and they weren't paying out. And it took literally a rival tour. What Phil Mickelson said, it took a rival tour with endless money and players actually leaving the PJ Tour for them to finally make a change. Yeah. And. So there's a board of nine people, nine voting, uh, nine-member board that makes the votes for the PGA. Four of them are player representatives, and one of the player representatives came out and said that Bryson DeChambeau wanted to get all of the top golfers in a room and discuss, which, remember, this is what the PGA Tour players did literally last week. Remember they made a big deal about Tiger Woods flying into this, this PGA Tour players meeting? to talk about what the PJ Tour could do. Bryson DeChambeau literally came to this guy and said, I want to get all the top players in the room and discuss how we can make this better. And the PJ Tour said, no, we don't need to. Yeah. There's no there's no rival tour. Why would we do that? We don't need to, Bryson. And so then Lyft came along and Bryson said, all right, I'm gone. Yeah. And now, P- and now the PGA did what Bryson was asking to do months ago. Yeah. That I mean, I, I don't want to sound like I'm team Liv, but at the same time, the PGA kind of deserves – what has happened? And they were—they basically were just like, ah, it's Bryson, dude. He's always gonna come in and talk about the slope percentage and the rest of point of restitution of the flag. Yeah. Blah blah blah. And so they just completely blew him off. I'm and, kind of on team. I'm de- well. I'm not the, kind of. I'm definitely on team Bryson on this situation. Yeah. And last week is exactly what Bryson DeChambeau wanted to happen. And they met together and they discussed. And guess what? Now this week the PGA Tour releases changes that are coming next year. PGA needs new leadership, is what it sounds like. But. We also need to get a PSA. Yeah. <laughs> so basically, PGA has just been exposed as being Frauds. ran horribly. Frauds. 
they're not the San Antonio Spurs of professional sports leagues. What can I say? All right, we'll, we'll be back. All right, we're back. You're listening to Tough Scenes on WEGL 91.1 FM. Breaking news, Pujols, home run, 694. Six got, off. Got a month left. Six off. Got a month left to get 600. This past like couple weeks have been, I think, or like the past 10 games a couple days ago, I read it somewhere, have been the best 10-game stretch of Pujols' career, and he is uh, 42 or 43. Whatever around there, yeah. So that's kind of wild. <laughs> yeah, Pujols, and he he was like so bad before the All Star break. Dude, it's something he was horrible, and then all of a sudden he just up. yeah. Also, okay, next now it's like should he hang him up? Yeah, one thing I want to finish off with the golf thing though. I wrote a question down. What does golf look like in ten years? Uh a lot of carbon fiber drivers, uh, but no, I don't know. Like I, I, I won't like. I couldn't tell you. What if there's other tours, like other tours that get billions of dollars of backing as well, and then it's just like boxing. Yeah, and there's just a million tours. I mean, for the casual golf fan, for me, I'd say like I'm. I guess I'd be a good example of a casual golf fan. I don't really watch the live or PGA events anyway, and I really only care about the majors. But I think that probably in 10 years, it's still going to be the same, like the same as yeah. for the casual fan. Like we're not going to watch week in and week out. We're going to still watch the majors. But for like the more hardcore fans, it's probably not going to be fun like because yeah. it's just going to be so split. I think it's going to there's going to be like a major change in like the way payment is done. Like it's either either the purses are just going to going to be like ridiculously high at some point or they're going to start having salaries for players. I kind of like the purses aspect of it. I like have I like like uh I think there should be guaranteed money, but I think that I think it should be if you're like yeah, a top place. twenty player in the world in the rankings, uh, and you should get like an appearance fee if you show up to fifteen of the twenty events a year, or yeah. something like that. It also could be um, more like if there were to be a salary, it'd be by like they should do it by teams. And have like, yeah. Dude, it doesn't have to be a high. Be so cool. It doesn't have to be a high salary, but like, you know, a good salary. Five million dollars. Well, like they should have a base salary for each player. If you make the team, this is what you get paid, and then if you win, you get the purses. Well, they should def- the I feel like they should have something set up where and no cuts. Yeah, I think they should have something set up where, like. Your training and your travel fees should be covered by the PJ Tour. Yeah, or by the team which is involved with the PJ. Yeah, yeah. yeah like no, your I, like I your salary is to pay your caddy and your coach and your flight to the to the event. 
just like every other major sport does. Like, it's like, could you imagine if the Cleveland Guardians, we just had a series in Seattle. They're just like, all right, we're going to Seattle, figure out how to get there and find a hotel, but show up at the game at 8 o'clock. Yeah. Or like any other individual no sport. No one would ever do that. Like boxing, uh, UFC, like you get paid if you're if you have a pro card, I guess. Yeah. I'm pretty sure. I'm pretty and sure that's how it works. And you get paid to train. I don't get why they couldn't be at like. that level. Yeah. I don't get why they couldn't be, like, I get they live in different places, but I'm almost 90% sure that, like, most of the golfers live in Florida. <laughs> yeah. Rory, Rory lives there. Cam Smith lives there. They all live in Jupiter, Florida. DJ lives there. So, one, like, the PJ should just be like, yo, show up at this private airport. We got a huge plane. Yeah, it's like NASCAR, how everyone lives in Charlotte. Yeah. Except it's the whole state of Florida. Yeah, and, like, what NASCAR does is Joe Gibbs is like, I have a plane. And like Kyle Busch, Denny Hamlin, Martin, Tr- like they're all my, all my drivers are gonna get on the plane. So they don't travel in the truck. Heck no. Heck no, dude. Can you imagine Kyle Busch riding in a truck for a couple days. Yeah, you gotta drive from like uh, Sonoma to uh, Watkins Glen. They do racing. I would say they do. Uh, they are the most like normal people. Like like some like some of the smaller drivers are just like straight up drive eight hours to a race. Yeah, like, I kinda, just drive themselves. I kind of like that. I kind of like that. <laughs> they're, they're driving eight hours to go drive another eight hours. Yeah, but I'll tell you, probably, probably. Wait, how how many hours do you think an average driver, without like actually like traveling, but like an average driver drives throughout a weekend, like practice, qualifying, race? Um, now, and then some of them racing. Covid's kind of changed it. Covid made that made it to where like practice is pretty short. It's only like ten minutes, um, twenty minutes. Uh, qualifying is like ten minutes, and then the race is like two or three hours. So, but some guys can race like truck series. Oh yeah, those guys. So, um, but that's not the average. So I guess the average guy rate four hours drives about like yeah four hours. Yeah, and then they we have guys up that, for this fifth segment. I forgot the guys that drive. Uh, you know, in the it's not called the bus series. What is it? Nationwide. Um, now it's Xfinity. X- oh yeah, I'm, and the. What's truck the series, main? truck series was the Camping World Truck Series, and now it is the Craftsman Truck Series. Oh, they they changed it back. It yeah. used to be the Craftsman. Oh yeah, they, I was about to say change it back to yeah, Craftsman. Their, their deal, they did. their deal was up with uh, Camping World. Camping World, yeah, and they didn't want to didn't want to redo it. Um, what's the the main is uh, is it Monster or is uh, it? What is, I don't even I just call it Cup. Yeah, I don't. How's NASCAR going? It's good. I I didn't like the race yesterday because it was at Daytona, but that's just a personal opinion. I hate Daytona and Talladega. Yeah, yeah. I absolutely hate them, dude. That's like the best I just, for the casual fan, though. For the casual fan, it is. But we can get into it later. But I'll I'll just say, I don't think you can tell me that the most prepared, the most skilled driver and team wins the race in Daytona or Talladega. Just whoever's lucky enough to not yeah. wreck. Yeah. Which that's what makes it beautiful. Which which is why I'm not a fan of it. But segment five it's actually baseball segment, so good thing Albert because uh, I literally wrote down Albert Pujol is going for seven hundred. Um Yeah, still is. Yeah, so last week we didn't like fully get through it. We gave you our picks for like Cy Young, MVP, rookie of the year. But we didn't give our playoff predictions. So we're gonna give you like Maybe not wild card, but we'll say like who we think are gonna be 
say the AL champion. Who do you think is going to survive the month of September and make the playoffs? And then, or do you want to do a whole entire playoff prediction? I feel I, like I was just going to give you my AL championship and NL championship, and then World Series picks. I kind of, I kind of want to wait till I the think playoffs, and I, I want. Would also, you want to do another thing? I wrote it? down uh, Adidas drops Tatis. Yeah. I read an article in the New York Times today about Tatis, about how the steroid would actually make his ringworm infection worse. Like, several doctors said this, but well, for some reason in in the Dominican and, like, other countries and stuff, they have, like, creams and sprays with this steroid to treat ringworm. Mm. And But, like, he didn't even appeal it or anything, so it, it, I don't understand why he'd he didn't be taking this. He didn't appeal it because I saw, like... I saw a doctor break it down, and I think the reason he didn't peel it is because on the bottle, it, like, clearly states the steroid, yeah. like, on the front of the bottle. Like, so he knew he was taking it, but the doctor explained that, it, like, like it was going to sound dumb, but, like, of the steroids, he took the worst steroid. Yeah, yeah. Like, he took a steroid that is that was, like, one of, like, the first steroids, like, ever invented. This steroid was given out during the Cold War yeah, and, like, World War Two, and, like, stuff like that. So this is steroids is like the most ancient steroid they've come up with, and it really obviously it's beneficial. That's why it's banned. Banned, but he of the steroids he took the one of the worst steroids. Yeah, and it's not really like Tatis needs to take steroids either. No, he was pretty good without it, but I, I, thought I understand it was, the recovery process because he is injured. I was pretty still. surprised Adidas dropped him though. Yeah, I because it's like I don't know what's going. He on didn't there. like. It was ringworm. Do most sponsors? Like, do most baseball players get their sponsors dropped if they test positive for steroids? Like, I, I don't. I don't know. That's it's why been I, a while. That's since, why I thought it was like surprising. It's been a while since like a player that has has these sponsorship deals like, yeah. with like brands like Adidas and Nike and stuff test positive for steroids because the MLB is cracked down like pretty hard on steroids. Yeah, I don't and know. So, well, I guess Tatis just thought like, I like he had to have known he was taking the steroid. I think he just thought it wasn't, or someone, or someone like in the Tatis like camp camp knew he was taking the steroid because it clearly says it on the bottle. I think they were just like this, like is like nothing. Yeah, this is like a steroid that's been around for eighty years, and it's just like he's got ringworm. Who cares? Yeah. Yeah, Which no. is kind of dumb on their part. Uh, no, you it's should definitely... just like always be like just with that type of deal, just like I guess always just be like as cautious as possible. Yeah, but I mean, it, I kind of see them being like, "Dude, come on, this is like it's almost as bad as like <laughs> Ricky Williams back in the day." Like, yeah, forgot to take a drug test because he got high type of situation. Like, it's just like unexplicable to me. When yeah, it's you're, just one of those where it's like a player of that caliber. With that much money, is taking a outdated ringworm supplement yeah. that has a steroid in it that's also like a, a very outdated steroid that states clearly on the bottle. It's just one of those things that's like I don't understand. It's like, yeah, that's dumb. You shouldn't have been doing it, but like, I could have done it too. Yeah, like one of those. But I'm like, not. A, I'm not. I'm not Teddy, so. Yeah, like it's one of, like I'm trying to think of another like an uh, analogy, an example. But it's one of those deals where you're just like, eh, is it really that bad? I mean, yeah. he broke the rules, but, like, did he? So, yeah. I, I mean, know. but if you 
let him have a pass on it, then everyone's going to take this outdated stairway. Like, that's the slippery slope. So, I, I understand. Yeah. Kind of sucks. Cause sucks for Tati. Sucks for the Padres because, like we said, seventh, like, most expensive baseball team, and they're not even 500. Yeah. Oh, no. They're in a, they're in a wild card spot. Uh, are they 500? Yeah, they're in a wild card. They're in the third wild card spot. I know they're close to it. Um, let me see before we go to – yeah, they're 70 and 59. Are they really? Yeah. All right, we got to go to PSAs, and then we'll be back. Bonjour. You're, we're back. Listen to Tough Scenes, WEGL 91.1. I'm just going to come back with hello in multiple languages now. That's going to yeah. be my thing. I've got to look up some other greetings. Yeah, let's put a let's put a bow tie on baseball. The Guardians are winning the World Series. <laughs> uh, Yeah, Braves-Guardians. Either or. No, Definitely not the Honestly. Mets. Or the Dodgers or the Yankees. Really? You don't want um, my, my dream would be a Subway Series. Just would, for the game of baseball. It would be cool if I wasn't a Braves fan. <laughs> like it, I think it would just be good for the good for maybe it's what the, the world needs. It would be it would be We can all come together. It, the internet would be hilarious. We can all come together and be like, everybody Subway Series. Yeah. There needs to be I We're think all friends. I right think, now, during a subway series. I think there needs to be a team in New Jersey. Jersey needs an That'd MLB be team. Horrible. Dude, like imagine yeah, if the Mets were in Jersey. Send the Pirates over to Jersey. Or the Yankees were in Jersey. That'd be pretty funny. Uh, <laughs> yeah. But uh Sopranos team. So we're in segment six currently. Segment six. Discuss the NFL top one hundred rankings. Yeah, so the NFL came out with their top 100 rankings which is done by the players boo and coaches i believe and a lot of people did not like the rankings including myself um i don't know how, like how's aj terrell not in it yeah like i guess you can't get that max it's done by the players who play each other every week but i mean i guess they can get stuff wrong so aj terrell the cornerback for the falcons who is like on Pro Football Focus was graded the highest cornerback, I believe. Yeah. Was just not in the top 100 at all. Yeah, that's just and bizarre. He's very underrated. Yeah. I want, what is the top one? I'm just going to pull up. All I, all I remember seeing is he wasn't on it. Josh Allen, because I don't really care about the NFL top 100. It, I mean, it's something to get me a little excited about the fo- football season coming up, but at the same time. I'm always like, don't really what, what are we? Brady, number one. I can agree with that. Yeah, so here's. But Josh Allen dropping, dropping, dropping down. This is just, here's why I don't like it. Because Tom Brady is number one, which, like, I don't like. Because basically, like, he was not the number one player in the National Football League last year. I don't believe it. Rodgers. I believe if you were, if the top players of last year was Aaron Rodgers and Josh Allen. Cooper Cup. Cooper Cup was up there. Jonathan Taylor for sure. Aaron Donald. But Josh Allen being 13 is absolutely ridiculous to me. Did they not watch his highlights last year? The, the What's ridiculous to me is that he dropped from 10 to 13. Yeah, how could that be possible when he literally pro- – I mean – he ran the ball amazing. He threw the ball amazing. His team was amazing. 
I don't know what more Josh Allen really has to do. Because if Tom, Micah Parsons is at 16, they're just kind of putting Tom Brady at number one because he's like the goat. Yeah. Like, there's no way you can tell me that Tom Brady last year was the number one, uh, Michael number one Parsons player in football. At Sixteen is just like, but I mean, he had an amazing year. I don't year, but. agree. I don't disagree with that one as much as other ones because Tom Brady. He, there was games last year where Tom Brady played really bad. There's some games where in the second half you're like, "What is Tom Brady doing?" Yeah, I mean, but the Urban Meyer Jaguars did beat the Bills last year. That is, I'll give you that one. I still, but like Tom Derek Brady, Henry at twelve. I feel like that's just players are like, he's the old guy, he's the king of the league, he's the goat. Aaron Donald at two. Okay. Wait, how did? Okay, this is a argument about last year. Derrick Henry rushed for over two thousand yards last season, and he was only the sixth best player. But Jonathan Taylor this year was five, and he rushed for eight. I only say only eighteen hundred yards, but still, what is? What is this? What are the lists? What is this? Yeah, and where's the consistency? Kelsey was five. Like, yeah. Would you have Kelsey last year, or would you have Derrick Henry? Would you rather have uh, Derrick Henry? Yeah, probably. Eleven hundred yards and nine touchdowns from a tight end, which is very good. Or would you rather have two thousand yards from a six-three, two forty-seven pound running back, who also just stiff arms people into oblivion? And is a running back that we've never really seen, or our generation has never really seen before. That also rushed for yeah. over two thousand yards. The Super Bowl winning quarterback is twenty seven. What? Matt Stafford's twenty seven. How is that possible? So you're saying last year Joe Burrow was better than Matt Stafford. Josh Allen was better. You're saying Sha- Shaquille Leonard from the Colts was better than. Uh, Matt Stafford, you're saying George Kittle, who didn't play barely because he was injured almost the whole year, is better than Matt Stafford? T.J. Watt, only at six, who tied the NFL sack record and was the AP Defensive Player of the Year, was was lower than than Aaron Donald, who, I mean, I don't know. I know Aaron Donald's one of the greatest players of the generation, but if it's based off of last year, how is T.J. Watt not – higher and Brady won like he did not he was not mean to tell me that I mean Brady James Conner the running back of the Arizona Cardinals was the 80th best player in the league dude he was like the 250th best player in the league James Conner they have him rated over Justin Simmons Kenny Moore Wyatt Teller Roquan Smith Mac Jones Shaquille Barrett Denzel Ward Jonathan Allen I just, I did just see that Brady, I mean, Brady's stats last year was insane, like career-high passing yards. Well, it's because he also had an, a career-high in attempts. And a career-high in games played. Yeah. I don't, like, <laughs> like, they played one more regular season game. There's no way you can tell me that Tom Brady was better than Aaron Rodgers or Mahomes or Josh Allen. Miles Garrett at 11, okay, take that. Yeah, but Stafford should be way higher. Yeah, I don't like Stafford being behind Jamar Chase. J.C. Jackson at 20, but Terrell's not in the top 100. Yeah. But Micah Parsons is. Yeah, I think this is... I don't, Bobby Wagner. It, I want to know how they do it. Like, do, do they have the NFL players literally go 1 to 100? They have them write out 100 names? Uh, I, I have no clue. 
because that would be Trevon Diggs. <laughs> Trevon Diggs is at 23, and A.J. Terrell is not in the top 100. that would be pretty hard. I mean, if you were going to literally go, like, it has to be, like, made up. If they, yeah, because you can't. I just feel like if you were going to bring in an NFL player in the offseason and be like, write out 100, like, go through and rank 100 players. Yeah. They'd be like, absolutely not. Burrow is ranked higher than than Stafford. Stafford yeah, won the Super Bowl. Burrow lost in the Super Bowl. I don't know how they. Yeah. I'm pretty sure Stafford had, had to have had. But yeah, so the More, NFL top stats. 100s we don't like. And then other NFL news, Geno Smith named QB over Drew Locke. So Seattle. they basically made a trade, and they traded Russell Wilson for Noah Fant. Yeah. Pretty much, because they're not starting Drew Locke. So we'll the, see how that, how long that see, lasts. And also the Seahawks, um, have you watched any of their preseason games? No, I, I can't watch Horrible. preseason. I like preseason. The Seattle doesn't Seahawks. Do the Seattle Seahawks. You they think they m- might get the number one overall pick? Is that how bad you're thinking? Oh, 100%. I think they've maybe scored 10 points this preseason. Which, <sighs> I mean, it is preseason. You don't want to put too much into it, but they have played absolutely horribly. They still have DK and Tyler Lockett. They do have them, too, which have not been playing. I'll give you that. They but, should just trade them. Yeah. If they're, if they're going to sell like this, they should just sell both of them. I know I'm that's trading. that's gotta be that's a tough look if you're Drew Locke and you got beat out by Geno Smith. Do you think uh, they rebuild with Pete Carroll? I don't know what Pete Carroll is planning to do. Me neither. Because they're clearly kind of in a rebuild. They're in, and they're trying to like not make it a rebuild. Yeah, but it, they're not. But their roster is so bad. Yeah, it's they have some players. Like they have DK and Tyler Lockett and Noah Fant, who are all all three pretty good, but they also have a terrible. It's defense. just like Pete Carroll's trying to coach them up, like they're not in a rebuild, but they just. It's kind of like the Spurs, like the San Antonio. Even Spurs. Even like on their best day, they're not. They're a middle of the pack team if they every single player plays their best game. Yeah, yeah, no, maybe. Yeah, so that and then Baker Mayfield was named the starter. Oh, in Carolina, and Panthers. Panderville, yeah, down to Panthers, down in Carolina. Uh, Bank of America Stadium. It's okay. I'm glad he won because I want to beat him week one. I don't want to beat Sam Darnold. I want to beat Baker Mayfield. You see it, Odell commented on his Instagram post. What did he say? Like, shine, let him shine or something like that. That is hilarious because Odell Beckham is the reason Baker Mayfield is wearing a different jersey. Yeah. Um, you know – what do you think of Odell? Do you think Odell's a cool dude? Like, no, you don't. Like um, him? like if, I feel if, like Odell's been a lot cooler lately. You gotta like, if he's happy, he's cool. If he's mad, he's not cool. So you just gotta, if you can keep him happy, which the Rams were able to, because they went to the Super Bowl and they won. So, if you know he's happy, team's happy. If he's not happy, his dad posts a video of how the quarterback sucks, like he did last year. That was so funny. Odell Beckham Sr., like, look at all these passes where my son is wide open and Baker Mayfield's missing him. But Yeah, but I'm not too worried. I mean, what if Baker's... even without Deshaun Watson, Baker Mayfield's not that good. Uh, wow. His O-line, wow. the Panthers' O-line is not that good. Um, you've really had, we only, like, you've turned on Baker. Completely. We only have to worry about Christian McCaffrey. 
so you you're even if the Browns weren't playing Panthers week one, like this is how you feel about Baker now? I just the first quarterback uh, in team history. I don't think he's that good of a quarterback, no. First time the Browns have made the playoffs in your lifetime. He just happened to be the quarterback of that team. He led them though. Uh no. He was the the, the he, offensive Our captain. team was going to the playoffs and he did his best to not make the playoffs. You you think that team makes the playoffs with Brandon Whedon? No, not with Brandon Whedon, but like thirty other quarterbacks probably. Or uh Colt McCoy. Not you just named the two worst Browns or quarterbacks Manziel. in history. The three worst Browns quarterbacks in history. Uh I think if you put Jason in, Campbell whoever our, whoever our backup was last year, Case Keenum could have gone to this the playoffs. Dude, we literally like Garrett Gilbert. There were so many games where we could have won, and then he made us lose. Like That's he can't football, throw the ball. Like he's not a, like he can. Th- everyone's always like he's got a cannon, which he does, and he will cannon the ball five yards above your head. I just I hope he balls out with the Panthers, and like I don't, I just I don't. I think I don't he like will the be Browns the definition anymore. of mid. Out of the thirty-two quarterbacks, he will be sixteenth. Yeah, he's the definition of mid. Who who do you think is gonna have a better year, him or Kirk? Kirk Cousins. I think Kirk, the Vikings have a way better team. Dalvin Cook, who will play more than like four games. Also, if you, I was thinking about this, and like if I had the ninth pick, and he was there, I don't think I would take Chris McCaffrey in fantasy football. What? Dude, I don't think you can. You took Kamara. Yeah, Kamara's way more non-injury prone than. Yeah, Christian but McCaffrey. Kamara might go to jail. No, no. Well, I didn't know that, so that doesn't count. <laughs> <laughs> All right, we gotta go to PSA. But dude, I'm telling you, like, I don't, I don't think I would take him. That's wild. That is I just wild. don't think I could. Wild. We'll be back. Welcome in. I think that's the German word for hello. Uh, you're listening to Tuxedo Dog. Tough scenes, ninety-one point one FM. We're back. Yeah, so segment I, seven. I can't take McCaffrey, man. Twenty twenty, he played three games. Twenty twenty-one, he only played seven. Twenty twenty, that's what I had the first pick. I picked him. He played three games. See, like went off in those three games, though. And I had him last year. And he played seven. Went I just off. my biggest pet peeve in fantasy football is injuries. And I ju- that's why I just I don't think I would ever pick Christian McCaffrey on my team. I mean that I understand it's just crazy that you wouldn't pick him at nine at that value. I don't think I'd pick Christian McCaffrey in the first two rounds. That is, if he was there in round three, I'd pick up McCaffrey for four games. That is wild, my friend. Over okay, over under games played. Yeah, over under eight games played this year. Over, I believe. I'll just, eight and a half. I'll, do, and I'll half. average him up. So he played all 16 his first three years. So 16 times 3, 48 plus 10. Well, he's played the past two years, 58 divided by 5. He averages 11.6 games a year. So over under 11 and a half games. That's what he averages. Mm. 11 and a half games is a lot for McCaffrey, dude. I'm taking the under all day. Life's too short, man. Over. <laughs> I don't wholeheartedly wholeheartedly. That believe means in this that over. Chris McCaffrey would play twelve games this year and only sit out five. 
Yeah. You know, we're rooting for Christian McCaffrey. We, he's a nice guy. Except when he plays against my fantasy team. Except week one against the Browns. Hopefully he doesn't do anything that game. <laughs> we don't wish for injuries, though. We don't wish for injuries. We just hope for a very unproductive day. Did I play my first my first game in fantasy? I played Thomas, and he has Hurts, Javante Williams, Cam well, Akers, I like Javante Williams this Justin year. Jefferson, Deontay Johnson, Gasecki, Elair, Dallas defense, and Nick Folk. But he has Juju on the bench, bench and uh, Jamison Williams, who is out. Does, no, I'm thinking of the other guy. There's the dude that got drafted by the Texans. He actually got, like, lymphoma. I think Javante Williams will be really good this year because I think Russell Wilson's going to make that offense just run way better. Yeah, what if he, what if Russ goes to the Broncos and they just still just run the ball all the time? They just <laughs> Russ will never cook. Yeah, that would be honestly. I'm kind of cheering yeah. for that. So my, I'm, t- <laughs> I'm playing right now. I'm playing Russ. My first week matchup is against Russell Wilson, uh, Travis Etienne, Josh Jacobs, Cooper Cup, Mike Evans, Mark Andrews, Rashawn Bateman, and the Indy defense and Matt Gay. I think that's gonna be a really good game, a good matchup. I know. I mean, I think my running backs are like, better, and his wide receivers are better. Well, Cup, Cup's better, but Evans. I think both yeah, your think receivers are better than Evans. Like I like Godwin, Godwin and Brown. Yeah. Um, I think I don't like Evans in fantasy. And uh, you're it's either better. one or the other. Like, cause Mike Evans and Chris Godwin both on Tampa Bay. One of the others gonna have a big game. One, of the other one's just gonna have to play second fiddle. Yeah. It's kind of up to Tom Brady. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But so, yeah, your running, your running backs are better. You have a lot of Tampa, or not a lot. You only have two, but I thought for some reason Evans was on your team as well. Yeah, I think my running I backs li- are I better. Like, I like the Lazard pick. I do too. And the I think, Drake London. I pick. think I I pick Garrett Wilson and Drake London because oh. they're both top ten receivers and top ten receivers normally. They you have Jameis. Ball a lot. I did pick Jameis just. Uh, I might basically have- off a. Of like, he could be really good, or he could just be really bad. I'm going to send you a trade literally right now. I will not accept. Because... I have to wait and see if he's good. Well, I know for a fact you don't want to be stuck with Trey Lance, and I have Matthew Stafford on my bench. Uh, I like Trey Lance. Oh, we're in the same division, I forget. Yeah, we're running this division this year. Who who are you playing? Okay, let's see. Dun, 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 dun. I like your team way better. I think Cam Akers is a bad pick, and I'm not a huge on Deontay Johnson of the Steelers. Uh, also, I think Hawk is better than uh, Jasicki. Yeah. Yeah. What's your What's your uh, What do you think is gonna happen with um, the Dolphins? Mike McDaniel's down there. Mid. I'm excited. I think. I think. The Dolphins are actually going to be pretty good next year because their coach um, comes from the Kyle Shanahan coaching tree. Oh, dude. They he have, was the uh, – They have, like, trade value numbers and stuff on the ESPN now. now. Oh, I do just, they really? They sent you a trade. Yeah, so Mike Daniels, Kyle Shanahan coaching tree. He was also the uh, offensive coordinator past couple of years of those 49ers teams that were absolutely unreal on offense. And they did pick up. They picked up some pieces. They have now. They have Mike Jasicki at tight end, who they already had, but he's pretty solid. 
Um, Tyree Kill they brought in, the don't... fastest receiver in the NFL. Uh, I mean, could make the argument Tyree Kill is the best receiver in the NFL. Uh, they drafted Jalen Waddle. Also, could make the argument he was the best receiver in the draft. Um, and who do they ju- who do they get a running back? Do they pick anyone up, or they still have uh, that one guy, Miles Gaskin? I think it's Gaskin. So they have Gaskin. I they signed. Um, let me. Let me. Uh, they either signed or traded Laramie Tunsil to the Texans. So they lost him. And I think I don't know. I think that's the Dolphins' offense. I think they could be pretty good. I think that this uh, coach is is an offensive-minded coach, obviously, and I think he'll be able to work with Tua and Jalen Waddle and Tari Kill. So I'm excited for the Dolphins. I think they're going to break double-digit wins this year. I I didn't know Gaskin was a seventh-round pick. Was he really? Yeah, 2019 draft. Um, He's always that guy in fantasy that's good for three weeks. Is, Is Gaskin the starter? I mean, he's pretty solid backup if he's the backup. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> uh, Who else is going to be good this year? Also, oh, they have Raheem Mozart, Chase Edmonds. Oh, yeah, I forgot they got Chase Edmonds. Wait, both those running backs are both also pass-catching backs. Mozart, is that – he was on the 49ers, correct? Yeah. yeah. And they, I guess they signed him. And they just follow, I think the Dolphins – the Dolphins are kind of loaded on offense. Well, if Tua doesn't work out, they have – uh, Teddy or <laughs> wait, it's Teddy Bridgewater. What did I Teddy call Teddy Two Gloves? Yeah, Teddy Two Gloves, Spready Bridgewater. If they don't win, they're gonna cover the spread with him. And I kind of I don't want Tua to get hurt or anything, but I kind of want Teddy to just somehow. Uh, maybe Tua has a really bad I want to see Tua do series, good. like a bad few, few series, and then Teddy goes in and I want just to see Tua do well. Runs the offense. It would be pretty cool. I love also, T.J. Watt was injured in a preseason game, which How also. Bad? Um, I'm not sure, but it was off. It was off one of those chop blocks that got Kayvon Thibodeau too. Mm. So, basically, um, I'm on the I'm on the do not play at all in the preseason. Don't care. Don't play. Don't go out there. Don't suck, like. Don't dress out. Like for the Browns, Nick Chubb, Kareem. Denzel Ward, Miles Garrett, don't even think about putting a jersey on. I, because then you just a look, quarter though. Then you just look stupid. You're like, yeah, it's week one, and the games that don't count towards the record are guys got injured. Yeah, or a series or two. I wouldn't even put them in a series. I would just say week one we're going for. You guys are good at football. You know how to play. I think I think they should do situations where. Like oh, it's a third and long. Let's put in the starters. I'm and just not see even how they do on third and long. I'm just not even no taking in. I'm just not even taking the risk at all. Yeah, I'm I, just going to them individually, and I'm like, look, like you guys are good at football, and you know how to play, and we're just gonna go out and play week one. Yeah, or just instead of the preseason, just do like closed door like scrimmages against other teams. Yeah, we'll just practice like hard. they already do. Yeah, we'll just practice hard. And get prepared as possible without playing a game. That's what I would do. Just because, I mean, like, I would just be so mad if my star player got injured in a preseason game. Yeah, but, I mean, it's football. What if he got injured week one? I'd be more okay with that than a preseason. Yeah, I mean, I would too. But I'd be like, eh, it is what it is, I guess. It's not At least it's like this game counts. 
Yeah. Oh, by the way, for the last segment, we're doing a Mount Rushmore. Are we doing Mount Rushmore breakfast foods? We can. Or we can talk. We can talk about uh, NASCAR. Can we fit that right now? You think? Um, no. Nah, actually, only have a minute till oh, break. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. Um. Yeah. We'll do a quick Mount Rushmore of yeah, breakfast foods breakfast at the foods. end. Because me and Egan were talking before. He was talking about some Eggo waffles. I was like, man. I've been living off the Eggo waffles recently. Mount Rushmore breakfast foods. Yeah, but some move. I guess T.J. Watt injury benefits the Browns. So. Yeah. We're not rooting for injuries, but when they happen, they can be beneficial. Yeah, for if they're not you. Yeah, pretty much. But yeah, both both races yesterday were dumpster fires in my opinion, the <laughs> F one race and the uh NASCAR race. Did you call me about that yesterday or was that today when you called me? Uh when you were talking about Ferrari? Um yesterday. I, yesterday. Yeah. Oh yeah, because before the draft. Yeah, it's yeah. before our fantasy draft. Yeah. Yeah, Ferrari can be described as the uh for the fourth and goal on the one yard line. Let's throw a slant instead of running Marshawn Lynch. That just describes the entire Ferrari organization. <laughs> like they just can't make the right move ever. Yeah. Well, we'll we'll discuss we'll discuss that topic a little bit deeper when we come back from PSAs, last PSAs of the night. Um and we're gonna talk Ooh. some NASCAR. Guardians Orioles tomorrow night. Ooh. Ooh, who do you think is going to win? Uh, Guardians. Uh, yeah, I'm going Guardians Who's because uh, we have Cal Quantrill pitching. Okay. And he, norm- whenever for whatever reason, whenever he pitches, the gar- we just score like six runs. Okay. So, I think. The boys like playing for Quantrill. We both have the exact same record, 67 and 60. Yeah, except one's fourth in their division and one's winning the division. Yeah, it sucks to be Baltimore, eh? Yeah, eh? All right, eh? we'll be back. Uh, is Kanichiwa? Is that hello? I think that's hello in uh, Japan. Kanichiwa? Yeah, uh, what I was just telling ba- uh, Riley about, we were talking about Rookie of the Year um, for baseball because I just saw a thing that Stephen Kwan's uh, diving catch into the stands won play of the week. And I was telling Riley that we have this other uh, rookie on our team that we didn't bring up until a little bit like halfway through the season. And on top of that, he missed a month because he was injured. But his name's Oscar Gonzalez. He's 24 from Sabana Grande de Palenque, Dominican Republic. Okay. And he is 6'4", 240. Massive. And he hits absolute bombs. And he play he plays the, he plays right field, same position as Judge. Well, Judge kind of, yeah. Center right. Uh, he, I think he bats the same. When does Judge bat in the Yankees order? Probably like three or four. Fourth. Oscar bats fourth for us. A so he's this cleanup guy. He's the Guardians' uh, Aaron Judge, and he also does not speak any English. So okay. he's that's how you know he's really good. <laughs> yeah. If you have a rookie that doesn't speak any English that hits bombs and is 6'4", 240, uh, he's good. Yeah. So I can see that. He's been our diamond in the rough. Oh, yeah. By the way, guys, you're listening to uh, Tough Scenes, WEGL 91.1 FM. We had, got him. Had to plug that. We brought him up from the Columbus Clippers. The Columbus Clippers. Wow, that's like, that's their AAA team. Yeah. That's one of the biggest uh, AAA, like, stadiums. I'm pretty sure that's where they play the All-Star game, or at least I remember, like, a few years ago they did. Yeah, so this is this is becoming one of my favorite players on the team. Oscar Gonzalez. What number does, does he wear? 39. 39. Oh. 
trying to find a picture where he looks the most jacked. <laughs> <laughs> is he jacked or is he uh, puffy? No, he's jacked. Okay. He's he's skinny. Who's a good pick? Skinny. 6'4", 240. Skinny, though. Oh, th- oh. oh yeah. He, um, he's hey, Aaron Judge. He is massive. I think Fran Meal. Fran Meal was massive. Yeah, but Fran Mill just became the coldest player in baseball. Yeah. And he got uh, released and picked up by the Cubs. I believe he's on their AAA team. He'll make a recovery. He'll be back. Yeah, but I think I think this Oscar Gonzalez guy is just is actually like the same size, height, and weight as John Carlos Stanton. Okay. Both 6'4", 240, you know, ginormous people. Hits bombs. Hits bombs. Tan. Yeah. Uh... Yeah, so final segment here, NASCAR F1 dumpster fires. Um, the F1 one was just a dumpster fire because I'm a Ferrari fan, and Ferrari is always a dumpster fire, dude. Like, I swear, it, it starts out, the race starts out, and then it gets worse, and then it gets more worse, and then it gets way worse and super worse, and then at the end, with like 10 laps left, you're just like, what is going on? <laughs> what are we doing? Like, so Carlos signs, so... You get a certain amount of gearboxes each year, a certain amount of engines each year, a certain amount of, like, each part. You get a, a certain allotment of each one. So, you say you get three engines. You can only go to your second engine after so many races and your third after so many races. And if you go before that, you basically got to pay a luxury tax and get and go to the back of the grid, start last. So, this week was in Belgium at Spa. Uh, coming off a three-week summer break, and like six people took new engines and gearboxes, so there was like six guys going to the back. Two of them, one being Max Verstappen and the other being Charles Leclerc, the two title contenders. Leclerc. Leclerc. Isn't he, so, where's he? Where's he from? He's from Monaco, which is basically uh, France. France. Yeah. Yeah. And he's on <clears throat> Red Ferrari. Bull? Oh, he's on. Oh. Yeah, and Max is for is Red Bull. Okay. Oh, so Leclerc and Sainz are teammates. Yeah. But they don't – do they get along or do they not get along? I forget. Um, I, get, I think you can get along as good as you can for yeah. someone who you're basically competing against, your main competitor. Yeah. And okay. so since they're going to the back, Carlos Sainz uh, st- is starting first. So mm-hmm. Max qualified first, Carlos qualified second, Max going to the back, Carlos is now first. So, Carlos is first, Sergio Perez, the other Red Bull guy. So, he's Sergio's the second Red Bull. They're starting 1-2. Is he from Spain? He is from Mexico. Mexico. Oh, wow. Yeah. And so, it's the race starts off, uh, you know, normal race. Carlos Sainz starting first. He go, he gets out into the first. Um, into the first. Uh, he gets, like, a second, two-second lead, you know, dr- normal stuff for the first place guy. And then the only problem is Max Verstappen, who is starting 14th, um, is passing a car lap. Wow. Uh, Max, he also, so the way Q, so they do Q1, all 20, in qualifying they do Q1, all 20 drivers, and it goes to Q2, they cut off five, the slowest five, and then Q3, they cut off slowest five, so they're just left with 10. And normally you do one, you do one run, then you come in, put some new tires on, do a second run. Your second one's like your fastest of all of them. So Max goes out there, does one run, and is six tenths faster than everybody else, including his teammate, and then comes in and just gets out, takes his helmet off, puts his hat on, is just like, I'm not doing a second run. I don't need to. I won. Wow. And then, so, and that time stays. No one gets any closer to Max. So he's six tenths faster. So six tenths over the course of ten laps is six seconds. So... 
basically Max is in a league of his own by far. Yeah. That's what feels so good. And so he starts 14th, and he's in first by lap 11. So <laughs> so he's passing more than just one car. And, a no, and Sergio Perez, who is his teammate in the exact same Red Bull car, is in second. And he he couldn't do anything against signs. He wasn't catching Carlos at all. And Max just flies by both of them. How is that even possible? And so then Max gets the first, and then he just drives away, wins by like a half a minute. And so then the Red Bull's faster. Sergio finally gets around Carlos. Um, Charles had a problem at the beginning of the race, of course, typical Ferrari. So he's not even in it anymore. He's like in sixth. And then Carlos Sainz is now just in third place. And we're like, all right, he's going to come home in third. Got beat by the two Red Bulls. They're, they're faster. That's what it is. And then all of a sudden, it goes worse, 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 way worse, super worse, a lot worse. And then now with like 10 laps left, we're racing George Russell, who's in a Mercedes in fourth. Now the Mercedes in fourth is now catching Carlos. It's like, what, how is that possible? What is going on with the Ferrari car? We're just like slowly going backwards. But thank God Carlos was able to hold off George for like the last three laps, and he got third. But it was just like, what are we doing? Like, yeah. uh, that, yeah, that would make me pretty mad. Because it's just Ferrari. But at the same time, that he still got and then third. On top of that. They were since Charles Leclerc was going to the back of the grid. They were going to put him out on old tires during qualifying instead of new ones. Because why waste a new set of tires? Because it's not like you get like new tires the next day. You get like a certain amount at the beginning of the weekend, and you use some for qualifying and race. And then so he goes out in qualifying, and he's like, "What are these tires?" Like literally comes on the radio, like word for word, is like, "What the f are these tires? What are we doing?" And then the radio message back was, "It was a mistake." Were they new? Yeah, they just put on new tires, and he's going to the back of the grid, and he's like, why are we wasting this set? And they're like, it was a mistake. And it was like, how easy of a like mistake it is to avoid just like, one tire looks brand new, super shiny, one doesn't. Yeah. How do you not know which one you're putting on the car? Yeah, that is. It's like they say like- And this is a billion dollar, like multi- The only team that's been on the grid since the start of F1. Yeah. They have their own compound with their own racetrack to test cars at. They have all the money in the world. <laughs> and they can't get on the same page, dude. That is ridiculous. It's like they say everyone needs to get on the same page. Every person in the Ferrari team has their own page. They have their own chapter. They have ten pages each. <laughs> Bro, they like they each have their own chat. Like the the team principal's got his own chapter. I'm on this page. This guy's on this page. They have the Bible basically over in Ferrari. No one's on the same page at all. Yeah, that. And it's like the, the it's like Texas football. The drivers aren't making any mistakes. They're just going out and driving the car fast. Is it on the engineers? It's just on like the strategy. It's on everything. Like, and then they pick Carlos, and you gotta kind of plan your pit stops because you don't want him to come out of the pits as a slow car is coming by, and then you get stuck behind that slow car. They well, that happened to Carlos. He lost like a second on his out lap because they put him out behind uh, like Daniel Ricardo, okay, who just got fired because he's bad. Oh, he's bad. Yeah, he's on McLaren. Yeah, he's on McLaren, and they just bought a they bought out his contract for next year. Twenty one million. Good for him. Uh, kind of good for him, but then again, no, because I don't know. I don't feel like he got a fair shake there. Okay, but, but he's still got twenty one million, and he's probably going to get another job, right? There's only there's only like one seat open for next year. Who? Uh, his? No, they already filled his. Um, they like 
had a guy already lined up like before they announced that he was gone. That's okay. like how mad they wanted him out. Uh, Alpine. Alpine. Yeah. Is... Uh, Fernando Alonso and Esteban Ocon, and Fernando Alonso is leaving to go to Aston Martin because Vettel's retiring. Oh, Sebastian Vettel. Yeah. I forget Aston Martin, first season of the show. That was the team that I drafted. I don't know anything about oh, they were they're really bad, so we're yeah. going to get you a new team? Yeah, I think I might just be Ferrari. Well, let's be Ferrari and live in pain. Yeah. I just I don't know. If you want to just, like, I would pick Red Bull, and you just win every time. No, I don't really like Red Bull. Red Bull kind of, like, Red Bull and soccer kind of, like, not ruined soccer, but they bought a bunch of, like, lower division clubs. Like, yeah. RB Leipzig, Red Bull Leipzig. Leipzig was like in the fourth division of Germany. They brought them like brought them up. Yeah, and they invested like hundreds of millions of dollars, and now they were challenging to win the Bundesliga, which is the top division. Because yeah. they they got promoted three straight years in a row, and they just like and they have different different Red Bull teams. Like there's the New yeah. York Red Bulls, there's Red Bull Salzburg, which is in Austria. There's yeah, like, they definitely shook up Formula One as well. When they came in, they were the first ever like. Non-car manufacturer, pretty much. Yeah. Why doesn't Lamborghini have a team? Or uh, Porsche? Um, Porsche is entering the sport in 2026. Really? I think it's as an engine manufacturer, though. They don't... They're going to make engines for cars. Uh, uh. And Audi's going to become an engine manufacturer in 2026 as well. I don't know. I guess they just don't see the an upside to it. It's too it's much work. Upside. Always an upside. Yeah, but I mean, BMW doesn't have a team. They used to. They just no more. Yeah, sold it to someone. Um, um, it's Pagani. one of those deals where if you do it, you gotta just like you you have Fully to like commit. yeah. So I just don't think that all those other companies think it's worth it. Honda, um, Honda's Red Bull, right? Yeah, but they're actually leaving. I think that's why Porsche and Audi are entering because Red Bull doesn't make their own engines obviously because they are a drink. they make energy drinks yeah they're a drink company then i might be a red bull fan we'll see but i got a few more years i think you should be a fan of i also like mercedes-benz cars but i don't know if i like their f1 team yeah another thing that's actually funny that happened over the summer break is like the porpoising issue cars bounce up and down really mm-hmm. hard and they hit the ground and basically, it happens to every team. Just Red Bull and Ferrari don't care because, like, they're fast yeah. and it's happening. Mercedes complained a lot. And so what F1 did is they said you have to raise the floor of your car 10 millimeters to combat the porpoising issue. And they basically did it because Mercedes complained so much. And everyone, and Red Bull and uh, Ferrari were super pissed off about that. And then so the, this was the first race back since the change, and it actually made Mercedes slower. <laughs> it actually it actually just like opened the gap more in between Red Bull and Mercedes. L. All right. Hell. L. We're going to do the Mount Rushmore breakfast foods another time. Probably next episode. I kind of might switch it to the Mount Rushmore of just uh cereals. I think an easy 1-1 is waffles. Yeah. Yeah, no breakfast foods are is too broad for me. I like cereals. Because I yeah. think we can get a good Mount Rushmore. Also, all-time quote from Christian Horner, Red Bull team principal. He said, I'm not worried about uh, 10 millimeters because my wife says size doesn't matter. <laughs> <laughs> and we'll be leaving on that note. Hope all you all right, love thanks. the show. Love you guys. We love you guys. We'll see you next Monday. Peace. Peace.
Thank you, everyone, for listening to another episode of Tough Scenes. If you are interested in more sports content, visit weglfm.com. And be sure to follow us on Instagram at RileyZepp and at Egan.83. I hope everyone has a great rest of the week, and I'll see you next Monday at 9 with another episode of Tough Scenes.